It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to Red Eye Radio's continuing impeachment inquiry coverage. Let's go into the uh, impeachment inquiry newsroom and the impeachment inquiry news desk with Gary McNamara. Thank you very much. And from the impeachment inquiry uh, desk, we have to tell you that basically the Democrat response yesterday Love is love. (laughs) But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally, and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Oh, I'm sure you would. Yeah. I'm sure you would if you could. uh, If if, uh, your parents could enrich you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Question... Does Hunter reciprocate? (laughs) Does Hunter show the love back? (laughs) Let me just ask a question just out of thin air. If we could measure love in terms of, I don't know, dollars, then how much exactly does Hunter love his dad? Yes, uh, I guess we we have to equate money... And love. It will just use money as a measurement for now. <laughs> no real reason, just because everybody can understand money. How much money does he love his dad? <laughs> That's Democratic Representative uh, Jasmine Crockett. Yeah. Uh, uh, yesterday, and they're, you know they're they're going to go with uh, they're going to go with. Uh, uh, that it, look, everything was what I expected yesterday for the, yeah. the 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 first day. For example, the Democrats were early out, you know, because they asked Turley, uh, you know, because Turley talked about the fact that yes, he agrees with the impeachment inquiry, but there's not enough for an impeachment, and that became the instant news story. But they are they're trying to impeach the president, and even their witnesses say they shouldn't impeach the president. No, we know what the Republicans have said. If you're actually paying attention. The Republicans have said over and over again, this is not impeachment. This is to find out. This is to take all this evidence that exists and all the probable cause, investigate it further and get subpoenas. And you saw after the first day of the impeachment inquiry, they went after the financial uh, uh, records. Mm -hmm. Look, I don't have to convince people. The American people know it's over 60 percent now, you know, you know, want this to go want this to continue. They want this investigation to. you know, to uh, to go on. One of the things the Democrats know. It, one of the th- there's two things that really the public hates, and you've seen it, for example, with Menendez. Uh, you know, with Democrats wanting him gone, Americans still hate bribery and influence peddling. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that they hate, and you can separate because you can have influence peddling that may not break the law. You can have influence peddling that turns into bribery. Yeah, And you had the typical thing that there's absolutely no evidence, nothing exists whatsoever that would, that would lead you here. We all know that that is just a ridiculous statement for any Democrat to make, but they made it. They attacked the witnesses. Uh, they, you know, they, they attacked the witnesses, attacked Turley uh, viciously. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, Turley's face while they were, while the Democrats mm-hmm. were going on and on and on. 
And then occasionally he would just look over to the right like, are you guys hearing this? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it's what I, it's what I expected. But uh, again, you know, and, and we asked the, we asked the question uh, because we always said, look, it, it will be a small political problem for the Republicans just for calling it an impeachment inquiry because immediately the Democrats will try to tell the American public this is impeachment. Right. And, you know, there's not enough evidence to impeach. Well, they're not impeaching. And I still believe that they won't have a they'll never see a vote for the impeachment, that this is about gathering the evidence that is will become so damning that it will hurt the president. Uh, And, you know, whether it you know, you can you can make the case uh, that the Republicans have that it will give them more power to have judges enforce subpoena because it's an official constitutional process of an impeachment inquiry, and that's what they're after, gathering uh, the the evidence. But as we have stated over and over again, the Democrats' position now is that everybody in the Biden family may have committed a crime except Joe. Yeah. That the... that. Uh, or was involved in either committed a crime or was involved in getting money from foreign uh, corrupt people and entities by pretending, this is where they are right now, by pretending that Hunter Biden was going to use his father uh to, you know, that that as a surrogate bribe that that he would have his father or they would there, there's a there's a couple of things. First off, that he would just rip off these foreign actors. He's going to rip them off. He's going to take money and say, my father's going to do this for you and his father's not going to do it. Then he's going to take that money and distribute it through uh, fake corporations to the entire Biden family. Mm. And the only one that doesn't know that this is going on is Joe, Bi- poor Joe Biden. Stupid poor Joe Biden doesn't know this is going on. This is the defense that the Democrats have fallen back to. Yeah. And the the uh, the other thing is, well, OK, Hunter Biden knew that his father was going to do these particular things. And so he figured he would try to make money and say, hey, uh, pay this to me and my father will do these things for you, knowing that his father was going to do that these things anyway. Mm-hmm. And but there was no crime. Joe knew nothing about any of it. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty bad fallback position to start out with an impeachment inquiry as they now look for more evidence. Yeah, right. And that's the point. The entire Biden family is corrupt, except Joe is now the Democrats defense. And I don't uh, uh, you know, I don't think that's over the top rhetoric at all. That's where they've gone to. First no. off, he knew nothing about it. Knew nothing about it. Knew nothing about it. Now we know he knew about his son's business. We know he went to many business meetings with his son. We know that they used official, you know, a government aircraft to transfer uh, or, or to or to transport Hunter Biden 
to make deals with all of these people. But in the entire time of all of this going on, the LLCs, as we know, being created to transfer money to the entire Biden family, that the only one that didn't know what was going on was Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Now, is that believable or is that worth an impeachment inquiry? And, of course, that's what Turley was saying. And the others, this is why it's worth an impeachment inquiry right. to find out what was going on. And the American public agrees the polls all show it. Right. Well, this is it. Um, this is the only way to gather this information. This investigation wouldn't happen outside of a, an official impeachment inquiry. And the reason it wouldn't happen is because the Republicans would be asking for everything and getting nothing. We've seen it. We saw it with the FBI. You saw this with, you know, the, all right, like, give us the FD-1023. It doesn't exist. We've actually seen it. Oh, you mean that FD-1023? And then they get it. Merrick Garland. I only have to say his name. Over and over again, they basically are telling not just the GOP, but the American people will do whatever we want. And then you got deflection. You got, but, you know, you got the, the deflection. You know, what about Trump? Of course, uh, you got that. But what I thought was strange was the, the narrative that they're, you know, that the Democrats are making that there's not even an allegation of wrongdoing by mm-hmm. Joe Biden. And there is. There is. Well, that's it. And and the only way to find out if there was wrongdoing is this. Because the Democrats, those same Democrats would tell you, well, no, all you have to do is send a request over to the DOJ or the FBI. And we'll cooperate. And they've said they'll cooperate with you. That's garbage. And that's the whole thing is that, well, we have them on record saying they'll cooperate. We also have them on record not cooperating. And and so that but it's what you expect. I mean, you you uh, the Democrats are going for the only defense that they have. It's a poor defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they're loud on it and they're hoping that people that aren't paying attention, you know, will say, well, even Jonathan Turley, you know, he's the, the guy they've attended on. He he's he came right out and said, no, it's not time to impeach. Mm-hmm. Well, then why are they impeaching? Well, that's because you don't have all the information. Right. Not this in, is, they're this not is impeaching. the investigation. Right. They're not impeaching. This right. is the investigation into the uh, – this is an investigation to get more information based on the probable cause allegations mm-hmm. that come specifically from Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. Oh, I did see on MSNBC. They, they, they said – uh, on MSNBC was Delinian, uh, I think, is the reporter. Mm. You know, on MSNBC said, well, I mean, Hunter Biden said he has to give half his father or half his money to Joe Biden, but there's still no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. He goes, but they've never explained that one. And that's the problem. And when you when you look at it, and everybody knows, for God's sakes, everybody knows when the 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 when the target, the person who raised the the the, the money was involved uh, in the uh, conspiracy with other family members to make money off the vice president, uh, you know, off the vice president, and then eventually, you know, who who became uh, um, uh, a president, that when the person who made the most money 
didn't report his taxes, created the LLC, uh, was charged with felony tax evasion when the evidence, when when the the allegation of wrongdoing mm-hmm. of the president comes from the son. Yeah. And that's the thing that the Democrats can't beat. And to this point, Hunter Biden has never said, well, I was wrong about my father, and that's not true. He's never said that. Right. No, he hasn't. Never said that. He's had some bizarre challenges on the whole laptop thing. Right. But he hasn't said that. So if you're saying there's no probable cause, then you have to explain why Hunter Biden, because that's where the allegation comes from. Mm-hmm. The allegation, mm-hmm. you, when you the most serious allegations that President Biden you know, made money off of foreign sources. And the allegation of bribes comes from Hunter and the whistleblowers. Right. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't you know, it doesn't come from Republicans. It comes from Hunter and the whistleblowers. They're the ones making the allegation. Hunter Biden is saying that his father got money. Yeah, through this through this enterprise, right? He said it, right? And so Republicans say, "Well, Hunter said it. There's no evidence." Well, the guy, yeah, there's Hunter. The, the, the he's guy the one who said it. There's no probable cause. There's nothing. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, there is. Hunter said it. Yeah, not once, not twice, right. but three times mm-hmm. in his own words. Right. He said it that well, his father look, was making money. Off of the enterprise through him. Right. Um, I greatly respect the work of Andrew McCarthy and the experience of Andrew McCarthy. He believes that this is not the proper tactic by the Republicans. Uh, And, you know, he goes through uh, basically based on the Constitution, why it's been diluted. It's kind of a censure. If you look at and we've talked about that part of it that started with the Democrats. But I would say what separates this. Here's where I would argue. What separates this is the question, is the current president compromised? When you talk about the first impeachment, the conversation with Trump and the then incoming president of Ukraine, was the question about whether or not Trump was compromised? No, it was whether he was trying to influence the election or whether he was trying to take uh, 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 hold back money and and do that in order to influence the election with aid to Ukraine and all this. But not whether or not Donald Trump was compromised. The ultimate question right now is. And to me, it's a massive question yeah. that must be no. answered. No, that's the best point that they need to make. Is the current president compromised? And, 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 and you know why they need to make that and make it stronger even is because the Democrats are questioning, well, these things happen and he wasn't vice president or president. Right. But that's where you take it. and You say, well, that's why we're talking about that. This was a decade long conspiracy that when he was vice president, this started is where it happened. Exactly. And then a lot of the payments were made afterwards. And mm-hmm. then when we got to the two hundred and fifty thousand by that time. He was running for president again. Right. And all of these nations, these corrupt individuals knew 
that he was the lead, that he might be the lead candidate for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. And so they were jumping right on board again. Right. You you go through and you talk about the enterprise and the timeline of the enterprise, where it began and the hope of these corrupt individuals that once he was vice president and they got, you know, something. And then you, you know, then as you move on towards 2020, that he was willing to do it again, or was he willing to do it again is the question, right. which brings us up to now. And is this president compromised because of what he has done in the past, or maybe even what he did when he was vice president? Those are all legit questions. And the, at because we have the words of his own son, son. repeatedly, right. then it's worth pursuing to find out. 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Did you know that up to half of all major engine failures are due to poor cooling system maintenance? That's a lot of downtime and can cost drivers big. You expect a lot from your engine, which is why the cooling system must be a part of your maintenance routine. Here's a tip to keep your cooling system in shape and your engine running smooth. Have the system properly flushed whenever the coolant is changed. Over time, contaminants from seals, oil, and fuel are released into the system and must be removed. And remember, flushing the system with the right coolant mix and water dilution is crucial. If you have cooling questions or need an expert to help flush your system, have your cooling system inspected by a professional technician. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store and of course the super truck showroom stocked with plenty of chrome lights and more while you're there don't forget to visit the iowa 80 trucking museum next door it's free the entire team at the iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you they look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years sending you a giant thank you from iowa 80 the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. We'll hear from some of the uh, the audio from uh, the witnesses at the impeachment inquiry uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, also, I mean, look at the poll here. Mm. Wow, the, the the poll. Yeah. Oh, man. What? DeSantis won big time. DeSantis won. DeSantis won. Oh, well, it's over. Oh, what did he win? <laughs> there was no prize? Oh, crap. Uh, 33% said uh, uh, DeSantis won. Okay. Nikki Haley, 18% right. in the uh, Washington Post poll. Yeah. That was uh Hey, you know mistake. what poll is, is also probably important? All the ones showing Trump over 50. <laughs> All of those. You think? I don't know. I don't have much experience in this, so I'm just, I'm kind of new. But it would, you you would think. You would think that the guy actually leading in the polls for the entire group of them, you would think that that would mean something. I don't know. I don't know. Makes you wonder, though, I was wondering if he'll ever get on a primary debate. Because I could see him and or his team going, at this point, you're almost the presumptive nominee. You don't need... He's not going to be in the third debate. Yeah, we know he's not going to be in the third debate. So what happens after that? I'm guessing he won't ever get into a primary debate. The Bonus Show. And he's Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. And remember, this is all about love. Love is is love. love. This entire fake impeachment inquiry isn't about the United States. It's about Hunter Biden. And the only thing the president can be guilty of here is being a father. There you go. That was a huge narrative from the Democrats. Everything that the American public is looking at and is very suspicious is simply because a father has loved his son. I was waiting for one of them to say, he puts his family above all else, including the law. <laughs> Somebody please say the, that the on fa- the left. The fact that they're continuing to do that, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they've pulled that, and that's the only thing they have. Or... They didn't pull it, and they look at it and go, it's still the only thing left. It's the only ember yeah. in the fireplace. Well, and, and I would agree with you on, on that because, as I said that, I went, I don't think the American public views yeah. this yeah. As, a, as a father loving his son. So, because the next point would be, here would, here would be the point. If they're going to use that as, you know, this is all it's about, is the Republicans are going after a father loving his son. Well, what did a father do to love his son? Right. How far would he go? Yeah, tell, what, tell me how much what, he loved. Yeah, him. what do you mean? What actions? Let's measure it in dollars. What actions are you saying that the president right. did? Right. Because he loved his son. Mm-hmm. It, did he say it's okay to lie? Because I'm, I'm going from the Democrat. By the way, all this is from the Democrat perspective. Not right. What right. I, not what I sense the reality actually is, or from the probable cause. And the evidence that exists now, you know, that's not the direction that I actually believe in. 
But when they say this is all about a father loving his son, well, what did his father do to love his son? Did his father say, yeah, okay, look, go out and create the illusion of influence that I'm willing to take a bribe? Yeah, well, is, is, but yeah, but I exactly. won't take the bribe. Mm. I mean, is this a Democrat's position that this is about a father loving his son? Well, then what did he do? Yeah, we'll take it like uh, Colombo did back in the day for those under the age of 90. <laughs> Colombo was a great detective TV show. What a sex symbol. What a sex Peter symbol. Huh? What a sex symbol. Oh, yeah, no. And, you know, just, uh, excuse me, am I bothering you? Uh, just one more question. How far would he go for his son? He loved his son. I guarantee he loved his son. How much? How far would he go? You've never done Columbo before. I think I did that's, it one time briefly. That's not bad. It, yeah. in, in, just for a moment, it's you sounded like a mobster in the middle of it. Yeah, but yeah. then you got because well, he had then, that. Yeah, then you got out of it. Then he, you got back. He had that 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 you know New York accent. He was uh-huh. you know pure New York. New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, excuse me, am I bothering you? And remember the one with Dennis Weaver where he. Oh where yeah, he, where, where, and remember he remember that in the beginning he's riding the horse through New York. Yeah, City. no, he he rode a horse. Yeah, <laughs> McLeod. McLeod, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, this that was realistic. I'm <laughs> sure it happened. <laughs> I'm positive. Well, the the way we're going backwards, you know, for for transportation, people may be back to horses soon. Well. Maybe could, McLeod was showing be. us the future of, could be. of New York City. Well, then, in, you know, we'll bring Will Smith into it. There won't be anything but a couple of horses, you know, some lions, mm-hmm. zombies, and mannequins in the Blockbuster video store. It'll just... <laughs> wild animals running through New York. Why not? Uh, yeah. As much as that was funny, that was a little creepy when Will Smith was, like, flirting with the mannequins. <laughs> I would say the mannequin looked fit. <laughs> uh, it was. It, now I'm getting very uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. It was. But <laughs> just going along and talking along with the dialogue of Shrek, also one of the great points mm-hmm. of the of the uh, of that movie. I love that movie. Um, but no, you're. I think you're. When when you look at it, that's. Where you go, let's take it, because nobody does this. Mm-hmm. Nobody really sits there and goes, okay, you're using that defense. Right. The only thing he's guilty of is loving his son. Well, then fine, what do you believe he did to love right. his son? Right. Just one more question. And that's the thing, is that go along with it and say, okay, all right. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. What did, yeah. what did he do to love his son? How far would he go? Did, did, he, did, he, did he know his son was creating the illusion of influence? Did Joe Biden say, look, I love my son so much that it's okay, go out and lie. Is this the Democrats' position? I want to make this clear again. Go out and lie to these people that I will take a bribe. I'm not going to take a bribe, but you can lie to them, and it doesn't matter. They won't come back and get you because I'm vice president of the United States, Mm -hmm. and we have the Secret Service around us. So you go out, and you tell them that you're taking a bribe for me, but mm-hmm. I'm not really taking the bribe. Right. Then you get that money, you give it to everybody else, and mm-hmm. then make sure you go on record and state that you got to give half of your money to me. Right. And that way it'll make it sound legitimate 
that it's really an influence bribery scheme, but actually, I just love you because you're my son. Mm-hmm. Is that the Demo- Democrats? Is that your position? Right. Because you're saying, you're saying, yeah, but, well, yeah, what? Hold yeah. on. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? If Republicans are going after him because he loves his son, mm-hmm. what did he do? Right. Because it because wasn't long ago when he was saying he didn't know nothing about nothing. Because right. if he loved his son and therefore he paid for him to go to rehab, uh-huh. the Republicans don't have any case. There's right. no case. There's nothing here. There's absolutely nothing. They couldn't go this far. They couldn't convince the American public as the American public is convinced that something really stinks here and that Hunter and his father have done something wrong. Right. You couldn't get to it. Right. Yeah. Did his father, because he loved him, enabled him and said, hey, here's more crack. In fact, I'm keeping it around the White House for you. Right. It's in this little cubby hole over here. Right. Is that how he loved his son? Right. What behavior are you implying the president was involved in here to love his son that the Republicans have misconstrued. You're saying you're implying something was justified out of love. Right. So what was justified? Please tell us. They can't win if you get to what no. Nope. They cannot win if you get to where the allegations have come from because we'll right, state right. it again. This is not Russia collusion. No. No. And, you know, this is not Russia collusion where uh, you had all Democrat allegations and zero evidence. And as we found out, and we had said there was zero evidence, we found out that all the evidence against Trump for Russia collusion was actually a creation by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Mm -hmm. That they created, financed, and created the lie. Trump was completely innocent there that was a setup oh by the way did you see the whole thing about dana perino mm. you know after the debate mm-hmm. that she went to some hillary clinton function and said what an amazing woman yeah what's wrong with these people i, I don't know you know with the whole russia collusion thing you know for for her to actually go up there and yeah. and 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 say that is just unbelievable but as again you know there's you know fox we've said this for the longest time i you know fox some of their stuff is okay, whatever. Mm. I've mm. never been a huge fan of, of what goes on during prime time. Mm. I'm amazed that so many Trump fans support Tucker Carlson when he threw the president, President Trump under the bus. Mm-hmm. It's like that didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a victim. Yeah, all Tr- Tucker Carlson's not a victim. Tucker Carlson went after Trump and then backed off when he realized, oh, I can sit there and throw him under the bus. I can mm-hmm. have it both ways. I, I can, you know, I can sit there and say one thing on the air, another thing off the air, mm-hmm. and Trump supporters will still support me. So right. I think a lot of people at Fox look at the conservatives and people that watch them and go, they're a bunch of suckers and we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And they'll still come back to us because there's nothing else out there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I, by the way, I like a lot of, I like a lot of people on Fox. I mean, I mm-hmm. like, I think Brett Baer does a good job and... During you know, but I'm not a big watcher of the prime time. I was actually happy. kind I'm of sleeping, um, but I'm never you know most of the time. But just I was kind of halfway expecting that that Pete Ducey would be given a prime time slot. I don't know why I was expecting that. 
Uh, maybe he likes being a reporter better. I don't know. I I like Pete Ducey's work. So far, what I've seen, I like Pete Ducey's work. So do I. I like Brett yeah. Baer, as you mentioned. Um, I always wish, again, this is my, because I, I get into the, I, I want perfection from mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. you know, or I want the ultimate. I'm, I'm always, you need to be a little bit more aggressive in, in what you do mm-hmm. and and the follow-ups of you make, but he does a, Ducey does a good job. Yeah, good I, job. I think he's playing the game the only way you could probably play the game and still remain in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder about the behind the scenes relationship because there is that you you're working together and I mean between him and Green Jean Pierre and White House staffers they don't like the questions but they're working with him and she still goes to him for questions you have to ask why right yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah I I think that you know ultimately you know things are things are becoming uh, a lot more segmented. When, when it comes to media coverage and everything else. You know, we mentioned this yesterday, I think, about the impact of debates and and where we are in learning what you need to learn or what you're willing to learn, what you think you need to know about candidates. And you can do that. You could sit, if you wanted to, you could sit, all day and watch Ramaswamy videos of interviews on podcasts or whatever. Go to his website, look up quotes. You can do that with any candidate, anybody who's running. And you can make a judgment. And then the other part of it is, is that it's clear the debate only serves and they feel the debate only serves as the soundbite maker. It's a soundbite machine. That's always been the case. You want that to carry on and hopefully bring you some numbers. But the whole Donald Duck thing, <laughs> and, you, and you're right, because you were talking about, you've got to see the video because his face, after he yeah. delivers the line, he's yeah. going, huh? What do you think about that? Huh? And he's got that smirk on his face, uh, Chris Christie, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, you're proud of that? Like he had the best line ever. Yes. Like this, I delivered this. It's Look like, at that. Oh, and it was Look just at like, that, Jim, and everybody's going, ooh. It was more like a when I saw it, it was a groan going. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. It's like that time you know when there's a dead animal in the yard and nobody wants to pick it up. They're all <laughs> just ignoring it, at, hoping it didn't actually happen. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. We'll hear uh, some more audio uh, coming up from the impeachment inquiry uh, yesterday. Some from the uh, forensic accountant that they mm. actually had there. You know, yeah. Actually has, you know, done fraud and looked at fraud and, you know, and, and talks about, you know, the LLCs and the bank accounts and everything else. He says, look, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not prejudging the, 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 the Bidens. What I'm saying is this is what you see when, you know, there's likely fraud. And so we'll get to that uh, uh, coming up here in uh, in a little bit, uh, following the top of uh, the hour. Also, 
I got to play the full audio cut yesterday from Representative Presley and Jake Tapper. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. we played a little bit of it yesterday, but mm-hmm. we were so busy with yeah. other stuff, with the debate right. and everything else, we yeah. never got to the full audio cut. And he's just, you know, because she says the border's secure. Yeah. And he keeps, it's like a five-minute interview. But you keep saying the border's secure, but there's a humanitarian crisis. There's a humanitarian crisis because people are crossing the border like crazy. Right. So are you, are you saying that it sounds like you're admitting that the border is not secure? Right. And she just would never answer the question. You can see him being upset. But it's a, it's a place where he said, look, you're, you're telling me they're coming across the border. The border's secure. You can't have both. Right. Could you please tell me, without filibustering, could you please tell me, you know, do you actually believe that a secure border is millions of people crossing every year? Right. Hold these people to the fire. Right. You know, if you're going to, if if you obviously, as he did in this interview, and we'll have, like I said, we'll have it coming up uh, next hour. If if you know, and everybody watching knows that she's lying. Yep. Call well, her and, out on the lie. And, and this, you know, it, it's, it, it, there is in part a humanitarian crisis. But there is also a crisis with what we have on the other side, and that's the cartel orchestrating all of this. Well, but one doesn't apply to the other. No. The humanitarian, well, one does apply to the other. The humanitarian crisis exists mm-hmm. only because mm-hmm. the border exactly. is not secure. Well, and, and <laughs> because you have the cartels sending families to those border crossings so they can get their drugs across the other crossings. It's a very clear scenario, and officially, we know what's going on. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. <laughs> I can't believe we're to the end of September already. It's this like, is crazy. It just flew by. It's, it's like well, how it's come like we it didn't a, happen? Didn't even st- we didn't even start it yet? How, how did we get here? Well, no. I mean, if I were sitting in front of the um, 
impeachment inquiry committee and anyone asked me, can you prove that September of 2023 happened? I'd have to say no. no. I, I can't. But I know this. My dad like, likes me a lot as a friend. And my 97-year-old father loves me, too. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> just like with the Democrats. Oh, man, you could just, you should, you should. Uh, and I don't know. I Of course, it was over, was it? Six hours long? So yeah. You, you know, I'm sleeping, it was too long. Sleeping through so much of it. But, and, and again, it was what I expected. But what are we trying to get here because there's going to be the circus going either way. I mean, the mm-hmm. Democrats jumped out immediately. Oh, these witnesses are saying they shouldn't impeach right now. Well, they're not impeaching right now. That's the whole this point. This is the investigation. But uh, I thought that the, the uh, not not that I didn't think that Eileen O'Connor did a good job and Turley, did, uh, you know, did a good job. But what I'm looking for, this is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the show. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, looking for right. the show. I don't. I don't care about... Marjorie Taylor Greene holding up the one thing and the other one, the other Democrats saying that's porn. That's all show. I don't care about any of that. None yeah. of that means anything. I don't care about the bickering back and forth between the Republicans and the Democrats here at all. I don't care about it. It may be a show. That may be something that uh, a lot of the conservative media want to show. I don't care. All right. I care about is what is the evidence? And this is why I look at it and I think Bruce Dubinsky to be one of the lead witnesses who was a forensic accountant was the best one because he lays out, you know, he lays out how, how he as an accountant looks at wrongdoing when it, when it comes to the flow of money. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what you want because that's where they're headed right now. That's the important thing. And if you've listened to this show before, if you've been a long time listener, you know, we did the same thing with Russia collusion. With Trump. Yep. And we asked from day one, where's this coming from? Right. Where's the, you know, where's the, the, you know, where's the evidence? And we've laid out here, I don't know what they're going to find. And I'm not part of the politics of this at all. Right. I look at this and say, okay, what's the evidence? And let's go for the, you know, let, let's find out where the evidence uh, leads. I also know, and we've stated this, but I think it's important to state it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, because you can only respond. Because at times I feel like, geez, I'm just repeating the same thing every day. Mm. Yeah, but the accusation from the Democrats is the same thing, that there's nothing here. There's no allegations uh, whatsoever. There's no probable cause. And it's like, well, actually, there wasn't for Trump on Russia collusion. And I bring that because that was the biggest thing. That was three years of the Democrats lying about it. And we found out he was just set up by Hillary Hillary Clinton's campaign. Mm -hmm. That was it. She set him up. Mm Mm-hmm. She set them up. They financed and created lies about Trump that weren't true in order to do that. She's never really been held accountable for that. Now, I guess you could say she's never been president, but the Democrats don't seem to mind that at all. In this case, as we've stated before, all the evidence, this is completely the opposite of Russia collusion. Right. This isn't the Republicans saying, uh... We think maybe something. We think that Biden loved his son so much that he was willing to do something wrong. Mm -hmm. We're suspicious because he simply because he loved his son. 
Right. We don't like liberals loving other liberals. Yeah. If liberals love liberals, they're doing something wrong because they don't know how to love. They only know how to hate. Can you imagine back in the the Bill Clinton days, you know, Democrats? Well, he just did this because he he loved his wife. Hey, 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 slow down. (laughs) Whoa. I don't want you to go that far. I don't far. want these accusations <laughs> out there in the media. <laughs> that I love my wife. <laughs> Whoa. Get Columbo on it. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Am I bothering you? So, so it's, it. you know, what is it? When we talk about the evidence, all the evidence against Hunter Biden comes from the, one of the worst witnesses for Hunter is Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the worst evidence that targets Joe Biden the worst evidence mm-hmm. that targets Joe Biden is Hunter. Yeah. The worst probable cause. Because right. Hunter has said more than once on emails and has not denied when the allegations have come out. He's never said, I, ne- you know, I never, you know, I might have said that, but I didn't mean it. Right. He is the one that targets his father for getting money. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the love? That's what I would ask Jamie Raskin or any yeah. of these other. I have to ask right. any of the Democrats here. You say, basically, we've heard the whole thing. This is just a father's love mm-hmm. for his son. Mm-hmm. Is part of that father's love for his son, uh, as the son said, is his dad taking half of right. what he makes? Right. And why would his dad be taking half of what he makes? Can you answer that question? Because we view that as probable cause. And if you have an argument against that, I'd like to hear it. Right. Yeah. Be smart, Republicans. Be smart. Well, that's it. And, and you only get this one shot, and it's already begun. It, it's already yep. begun. So we're at this point now when when you're you can't you can't present in uh, with only the what you have had up till now. This has to be the the true effort to the end to the point where every single avenue possible is exhausted right as a part of this investigation no don't blow it yeah don't blow it no distractions right bobert no cleavage no distractions yeah you and beetlejuice go just do whatever you're gonna do uh so uh here it is here's the uh uh the testimony from uh excuse me the opening statement from bruce dubinsky who Mm -hmm. is uh the founder of dubinsky consulting and as he explains here this is what he does He's a forensic accountant. They look for the crimes based on where the money is flowing. Here we go. Good morning, Chairman Comer, Ranking Member Raskin, distinguished members of this committee, guests, and my fellow citizens. Thank you for this opportunity to testify today. First, at the outset, let me state unequivocally and in no uncertain terms that I agreed to testify today, not because I have a political agenda or axe to grind, because I do not. Rather, I agreed to testify in this proceeding in order to help this committee and the American people gain a better understanding of how frauds are committed, how complex business arrangements, sometimes using limited liability companies, sometimes those being shell companies, are used in frauds, and how money is moved by fraudsters to facilitate the conduct of illicit activity. Let me be clear. I am not prejudging the facts that have emerged to date with regard to the Biden family and associates' businesses and the money they received that had had its origins from foreign sources. 
I am not here today to even suggest that there was corruption, fraud, or any wrongdoing. In my opinion, more information needs to be gathered and assessed before I would make such an assessment. I'm here today to lend my expertise to answer questions that this committee may have while they advance this investigation and gather more facts about the business dealings surrounding the Biden family and associates' businesses. Throughout my 40-year uh, career as a certified public accountant, a forensic accountant, and a certified fraud examiner, I've worked tirelessly to uncover the truth when it comes to cases involving allegations of fraud, corruption, and wrongdoing. I have investigated some of the world's largest frauds, including have investigated and testified in the criminal case for the United States Department of Justice on the Bernie Madoff Ponzi, the world's largest Ponzi. I've worked on cases like the Enron case, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters election corruption cases, as well as some of the United States' largest cases of tax fraud, to name a few. As the age-old proverb goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. As a fraud investigator, when I see smoke, I immediately look for the fire. The critical question facing the American people today is whether behind the smoke screen clouding the Biden family and associates' businesses was there or is there a fire? And if there was or is a fire, how big is that fire? Why were members of the Biden family and close business associates receiving millions of dollars of payments from foreign entities and individuals? What services, if any, were being provided? What was the substance of the alleged services being provided? Was the money being paid for a fair amount commensurate with those services? Were political favors being traded and disguised as services? These are the questions that, as a forensic accountant, I routinely am asked to answer when I'm hired to investigate allegations of corruption and fraud. There's a great deal of evidence that has been collected to date by this committee and others trying to answer these very questions. However, much more information is still needed in order to be able to answer these questions and make a final determination as to whether or not the Biden family and its associates' businesses were involved in any improper or illicit activities, and importantly, whether those activities, if any, were connected to President Joe Biden or then Vice President Biden. In my experience, fraudsters purposely create a labyrinth of limited liability companies to create an opaque network of entities that are then used to hide improper conduct. In many instances, these complex business arrangements are typically centered around illicit activities and involve moving money around the globe in a manner designed to avoid the detection of the underlying illegal activity as well as the movement of the money tied to that illegal activity. Gone are the days for the most part, when suitcases full of currency or gold bars are exchanged as payment in the conduct of illegal activities. Today, more sophisticated methods are employed to obfuscate the true nature of such illegal activities and to hide the movement of money. The importance of following the trail of money is a critical component of any fraud investigation. The term shell company has its origins in the world of business and finance. The term shell, as you would note, implies that the company is like an empty shell, lacking substance or real activity. Shell companies typically have no employees, no offices, no real operating businesses. They use P.O. boxes for mailing addresses. While I will note shell companies can be used for legitimate business activities, more often than not, they're associated with fraudulent activities like tax evasion, money laundering, hiding of assets, and other Ill illicit practices. It takes a heavy lift to pull the covers back on these shell companies to determine who the true beneficial owners are, where the money went, and to expose the true sham nature of their existence. However, through the use of legal subpoenas and proper investigative methods and a great deal of persistence, fraud investigations can and do expose the identity of the wizards behind these curtains and the extent of their illicit activities. In closing, let me underscore the importance of conducting a thorough, independent, and unbiased investigation of the matter before us today before you reach any conclusions. The American people deserve to know the truth. 
the rigor and discipline of a well-planned and executed investigation should not be subverted by political motivations or aspirations. To do so would critically undermine the integrity of any such investigation and any conclusions reached. Thank you again for this opportunity to be here today, and I look forward to answering your questions. Is that a fair analysis? Is that closer to where we should be going or the defense of Democrats, which is this is only a father loving his son, and so there's nothing there to see? Is Mr. Dubinsky closer to where you believe the country should be going, which is exactly where the Republicans are? McCarthy said it. Comer said it. Yep. This is to gather more information. Uh, Bruce Dubinsky, the forensic accountant, is saying an investigation is needed, which is what an impeachment inquiry is. So is he closer to what the truth or what we should be doing? Or are the Democrats stating that love is love and this is simply a father loving his son and there's nothing to see here closer to the truth? This is the problem that they have is that as more light is shed on this and you hear the statements and you hear more and more witnesses, it's going to tell the story. It's the only way to, to thoroughly tell the story if it's properly done. And that's why subpoenas were put out yesterday for financial records. We'll, that will, and we'll get to that coming up here. Yep. But uh, the subpoenas went out day one, which yep. is okay. That's, now we've got the now we've got yep. the clout, and now we mm-hmm. we we get it. And the yep. Democrats are saying no. It, and that's the the purpose. Democrats Democrats are saying nothing is here. This is simply a father loving his son. Right. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? The flow of money will tell everything. Right. If father loves his son, which means he was willing to do something wrong mm-hmm. or something that appeared wrong. And so we shouldn't investigate it, or is Mr. Dubinsky closer to the truth saying we need to have an investigation on this? Now, it's not going to be. It's always going to be viewed as partisan because the Democrats are saying there's nothing there, and it's a father loving his son. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dubinsky is not saying that. Right. He's saying this needs to be investigated. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. So uh, it's going to be interesting now because here, here we uh, here we go. Uh, and, uh, you know, with the impeachment inquiry, and again, what I look at it is uh, the ability to get the facts in the case. And that's all we're concerned about. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, there's going to be politics in it. There's going to be absurd statements and, you know, partisan back and forth going uh, each way. What we care about is what does the evidence show? And all the time, you know, for the longest time, you and I have been saying this is going to what what is going to get you to the bottom of this is, you know, uh, getting the subpoenas for the actual financial records. Right. Uh, and the bank records. And those are the toughest things to get. And if you have an impeachment inquiry, then it is viewed as, you know, more official, which you hope that uh, that will help you uh, enforce a subpoena through uh, through judges to right. be able to get the records. That's that the want. idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, with that leverage uh, brings more evidence in quicker fashion. And we'll see where that goes. You know, um, it's up to the Republicans leading all of this in order to get that out there in front of the American people and, and build that political will also to see it, digest it and understand it. And then from there, the American people can't decide. And we know historically, if you can demonstrate that, that, that he and his family were being paid, then, and we've already got the family part. Yeah. Then we, at that yeah. point, you know, you're, you're, you've already got the political will to make that judgment. No, that's no, that's a great point that we'll get to coming up. And plus, we'll look at the uh, the uh, the the subpoenas, plus the absurdity of the Democrats now back to the entire point that mm-hmm. that the border is secure. Yeah. Which is just inc- I mean, it's it's, it, it, you just you shake your head saying, wow. I mean, it's like how where do they go on so many of these issues where it's pure gaslighting? Right. Well, because now they you have even some in the so-called mainstream media or liberal media asking questions. And, you know, this comes from a a few years now, this administration being defiant. And it's reality is hitting. And these these people in the mainstream media, these questions are coming because it's obvious. You can't deny the reality that is on the table right now. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. So, yes, so after uh, the Committee on Oversight and Accountability uh, held uh, their first uh, public hearing, and by the way, none of the major networks covered it as they did the Trump impeachment, right, just right. making it known the the uh, the, uh, the 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 difference here. But uh, mm-hmm. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer issued three subpoenas on Thursday for personal and business bank records of Hunter and James Biden. 
the bank bank records don't lie. And coupled with witness testimony, they reveal that Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain, Comer said in a statement last night. The move comes on the same day that the House Republicans held the first hearing in President Joe Biden's impeachment inquiry as he faces allegations of influence peddling and involvement in his son's foreign business deals for years. The financial records obtained to date reveal a pattern where the Biden sold access. This is this is from Comer, okay? The this is a quote. The financial records obtained to date reveal a pattern where the Biden sold access to Joe Biden around the world to enrich the Biden family, said Comer. As the Bidens were sealing deals around the world, Joe Biden showed up, met with, talked with, shook hands with, and had meetings with the foreign nationals sending money to his family. This culture of corruption demands further investigation. Is that a, since we know all of that is true, is Comer right? Yeah. Is Comer right or are the Democrats correct in stating that the only crime here is Joe Biden? Well, I have to say it. I, you know, I know you're I know we're both laughing at it, but that's their defense. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been wrong. Love here. is love. The only thing is Joe Biden loves his son. Yeah. Love which, is love. Which, as we already brought up earlier in the show, means, OK, then what do you mean? He loved his son. And and that's right. why we brought up the point. So he, he did what? If he, if he loved his son. What did he do out of love? Did he send him to rehab? We could say, yeah, that's love. Mm. Are you are you saying that there's some justification in what Hunter was doing with the money that enriched his entire family? I'm not sure what, what you're talking about is what I'd ask one of those Democrat uh, uh, members of Congress. What do you mean he loved his son? Yeah. Uh, but is that reasonable? I'll say it again. Is that a is that reasonable? The financial records obtained to date. Reveal a pattern where the Biden sold access to Joe Biden around the world to enrich the Biden family, said Comer. As the Bidens were sealing deals around the world, Joe Biden showed up, met with, talked with, shook hands with, and had meetings with the foreign nationals, sending money to the family. The culture of corruption demands further investigation. Is that a reasonable statement or should it all be dropped? Because the only thing going on here is that Joe Biden loved his son. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to ask the average American. Right. The average American has looked at this so far, the majority of Americans, and said, no, it needs further investigation. They believe there's corruption there. Right. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. Comer added that the House Judiciary Committee and the Ways and Means Committee, along with Oversight, will continue to follow the money to determine whether President Biden's involvement in his family's corrupt business schemes makes him compromised and threatens our national security, end of quote. Is that a reasonable goal by getting uh, subpoenas in order to find out about the LLCs, about the bank accounts, about the flow of money? 
It is the question. There is a basis for all of this that leads to the question, is the current president compromised? This is not a fishing expedition. This is not Mueller. This is an investigation to answer the question whether or not the current president is compromised. Did Raskin seem fidgety and nervous he to did. you yesterday? He did. And the way that he was watching other Democrats as they were talking was weird. Yeah. I, I just... I, no, he you seemed... And I, you and I have weird not, that you yeah, said, we ha- said that. We did not discuss this off the I air I was at all. watching him look over the committee, but when he was watching other Democrats... It was kind of bizarre. He was really fidgety. And at one point, a couple of points, had a weird smirk on his face. And, you know, it was just, it, yeah, it was odd. His behavior was kind of odd. Other financial records obtained by Comer and other Republicans show the Biden family has been pocketing money from foreign nationals and companies. That is a true statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, earlier this week, the oversight chairman revealed that Hunter Biden received 260000 from Chinese nationals in 2019 when his father was running for president, as seen on the two subpoenaed bank wires. Furthermore, Joe Biden's Delaware home was listed as the beneficiary address for both the wire payments. The latest subpoenas follow previously obtained financial documents that show how the Bidens and their business associates received more than $24 million between 2014 and 2019 and created over 20 shell companies to make a profit. While being pitched as the brand, Joe Biden was directly involved in discussions with his son's foreign associates. Now, what those discussions were, we don't know, but he was involved in discussions. Yeah. Whatever those discussions were right. are still up for debate. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Any of my Democratic friends, acquaintances, just people I know, completely quiet on this. You have the Democrats in Congress, you know, again, which we believe are absurd uh, excuses or defenses of the president, the whole love thing. And Mm -hmm. obviously you can tell we're making fun of that Mm -hmm. because that's not a defense. It's weak. And. And even if it is defense, then you can tear into it and you can move forward on that and say, okay. So if he loved, so he loved his son, you're saying that's what Republicans are going after. Well, if he just loved his son, what would be some of the things you would do if you had a son like Hunter Biden, who is clearly uh, uh, troubled, you would put him in rehab. Yeah. What, so, de- what are you saying demonstrates yeah. that he loved his son? Right. And what are the, Repu- if the Republicans are only looking at love, then they don't have anything, do they? Or do they have something else besides Joe Biden's expression what are you saying or his he was behavior of to love? Do out of love? Right. Are you saying he was willing to do something wrong? Right. And if he was trying to do something right, like put him in rehab, where is the Democrat? Where are the Republicans' angle that they come up with the fact that the Bidens have enriched themselves to the tunes of ten of millions of dollars, and that Hunter Biden and nine other family members of the Bidens? benefited from foreign cash that was hidden through 20 different fake corporations and bank accounts. How is that love? Can you somehow tell me how the love 
relates all of this because it seems like the Democrats are really into this love thing. Uh huh. And they thought it would end there because they thought Republicans would just stop there. But but here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, Evidence, testimony Mm -hmm. and and what's going to happen in, you know, in in this entire process. Once those subpoenas go out. Whatever comes back in the in the bank records is going to help tell the story if they get a clear flow of money to demonstrate which is ultimately what you want there's no way to challenge that at all the it's funny because the only thing that i've seen on this from any of my uh the acquaintances people i know on social media that are democrats outside of the media or congress right was one guy yesterday and it was a article by dan rather about how oh, Trump is a Trump is a uh, is, is a poser. He's a showman and a poser. Okay. He's never been real. And it okay. was from Dan Rather. Yeah. And he put that out and a couple of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a couple, but it really didn't. And then he started getting some pushback on it. But that's it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anyone. Have you seen anyone outside the media? And I mean the loyal, the you know, the loyal Democratic media or Congress has anybody else that you know, any normal Democrat, said love is love and this is simply about no. love between... And normally, no. they will jump on the talking no, that's, points that's, of Democrats. That's a great point. And you don't see it anywhere. No, Everybody's like, well, that's ridiculous. You normally, guys need to shut up. that catches fire. Whatever the talking points are, catches fire when people go, oh, yeah, I can use that with my friends. So what are they saying when they don't engage? I'll never get that by my friends. He just loves his son. That's garbage. That's garbage. <laughs> and that's the problem that they have. The American public isn't buying into it. And I did see, uh, you know, a sense of of desperation because nothing is, everything is going to be based on the evidence that exists and it's going to be the evidence of, the the money transfers, the wires, the mm. bank accounts, mm-hmm. who set up the LLCs. This is where we're at now. Everything now goes to the bank account because all the evi- all the other evidence is out there. Yeah. And the evidence right. comes again from Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. Who has accused Joe Biden of taking money? Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Hunter and any of those messages say, but I know this is all good because he just loves me? No. In fact, he was complaining. <laughs> it was a complaint. Hunter, the, the, the whole, oh, that's beautiful because the whole thing that the, that they're saying that, that uh, this is simply a father loving his son. Well, his son is complaining, is complaining that his father wants all this money. Hey, what loving father takes Half of his son's money. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> According to his son. Oh, I can see the. I can see now the members of the Democrats saying, well, you know, uh, parents love their sons all the time, but the sons don't see the love. Uh-huh. Right. And, 
And and, and so uh, I, I can't wait for this one. And Joe Biden was simply demanding the money from Hunter because he knew Hunter would blow it on crack. He would blow it on blow. He'd, he'd blow it on crack and whores. Yeah, exactly. And we can't have that. <laughs> and so Joe Biden was actually, that that's the love. He was taking his son's money. Not because he wished to enrich himself from these foreign entities. To save his son but from he himself. did it to save his son from himself. Yeah, but he left his son with millions of dollars. Oh, crap. Forgot that part. See, there's nowhere to go. No, Republicans start thinking you got great lines. Yeah. By the way, these are all great lines that you can use Feel to free. convince the public yep. that the uh, the Democrats are ridiculous yeah and that they can't make this is the thing that's why we tear all this stuff apart mm. because we want you to know that the republicans can tear them you know what mm-hmm. whole posterior thing mm-hmm. <laughs> a new one a new one uh, that, a new posterior uh, thing yeah new, exactly <laughs> <laughs> and and they can do it they can do it big time yeah. you take the democrats arguments and you tear them apart. Yep. And you can have fun with it just like we're having fun with it. Sure. Wow. He loved his son. His son's complaining multiple times in writing. Taking half his money. Is that love? <laughs> oh, God. Is that how they show the love in that family? 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the hour, we got just uh, tons of audio to play here on this uh, uh, Friday. Uh, tons of stories, too. But uh, we want to make sure we get as many of the good audio cuts yesterday. The When I say good, I don't mean necessarily the back and forth uh, partisan screaming, but actually getting to the substance of you know what they're looking for in the impeachment, mm. plus... Yeah. Uh, the interview that Jake Tapper did yesterday, we've got to play the entire thing with uh, Representative Presley. I mean, it's just the most bizarre thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost as good as what's his name from uh, the whole Guam thing. I can't yeah. think of his name at the moment. Uh, but uh, he was saying the same thing. Well, all this is going out the border. Well, that's not what we see going on. It's like complete denial of what's going on at the border. And they think it's going to sell. Uh, I, I guess it's the only thing you have. It's the only play. And some polling out there. Most don't think female president is better or worse than a man. Well, Well. I guess you would have to say depends who the man is and depends who the woman is. I would think. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's 
Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. I'm sitting over here. Eric Harley's sitting over there. Yes, I am. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And looking at the news, I saw Taylor Swift back in the news yesterday. Apparently, she was seen coming from Travis Kelsey's house. Let's get in and we'll talk the next three hours about what they were doing in the house. <laughs> well, did I see Kelsey's $1 million mansion? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I saw that headline, too. Because I thought, well, with inflation, is that a mansion? Yeah, in Kansas City it is. It is? Kansas City sort of like Buffalo. A million dollars gets you a lot. Okay. Yeah. Now in in if if and I don't know, I'm assuming he it, he would have been well in in Kansas City somewhere. Yeah, I didn't see that part. Yeah, neither did I. Just I just because I didn't actually read the story. <laughs> Same with because me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> But some questions from the headline alone right? on the news alert. It gets you a shack in California. Well, my question, you can measure it by, there's one way to measure it. There are others, but there's also one way you could measure it. How many times while she was in the house did Taylor Swift say, ew, That's when you you know you you got to upgrade or not. The number of ewes. Yeah. If she said, I, I need to use the little girl's room, and then she goes in there and the door closes and you heard ew, ew. then maybe you just need to start with redoing the bathrooms. Well, I guess we, you know, we, we talked, you know, about the whole, you know, Meghan Markle thing and Harry and just, you know, I don't know what it is. People just, I, I honestly, I mean, we make fun of it. I don't really care. I mean, I don't, and I don't understand the obsession. I wish them all the best, but it's, yeah, it's sort of really worth just our having fun with it is about the obsession. Yeah. Of that's the what media. it's about. Yeah. They can, you know, about, it. I hope, hope they have fun in a great life. I mean, I, yeah, but it's yeah. the obsession that the media has with it, which I wonder is the obsession that the media that they have on that, does it mirror the public? Well, I saw that merchandise for Kelsey has gone through the roof mm. because of the whole Taylor Swift thing. So mm-hmm. it does have an impact, yeah, right. because it would not have had that effect if 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 uh, Taylor Swift was not involved in it. So now it does. You you is, look at it, and you just go, why do? Does that mean that guys believe that if they put on a jersey with Kelsey's name on it, that high-profile celebrity women are going to hit on them? Because you know with one guy, at least one guy, that is the case. You know what's missing? The jersey. 
I wear a Travis Kelsey jersey, so you know, hot babe it, is going to look I'll my just, way. I'll just put it on and then put a ball cap on over my face, you know, <laughs> and then some shades and drive around in my Toyota Corolla and women will think I'm Kelsey. Now, I will say one thing, I, you know, because you talk about that, you know, people go out and they buy expensive football jerseys and things mm-hmm. like that. And you wonder, well, why do they do that? And most of them probably, if, if it's a guy, isn't looking for a woman. He just wants to relate to his team but pays a big bundle for it. I only have one football jersey. Mm. I actually have one football jersey that I wear. Mm. I actually have another football jersey that was a housewarming president or present to me that I have up in uh, that's actually framed that I did that's up there. Hmm. And it would be Steve Tasker of the Buffalo Bills, who was, they viewed as the best special teams person ever to play the game. Hmm. And he's 180 pounds. Hmm. And he's just, go. You ever, you ever want to see some interesting video? Go watch highlights of Steve Tasker. And yeah. it's just, you look and you go, he's suicidal. It's <laughs> no. the way he... The hits and everything, and mm-hmm. now he's a you know he's he's doing really good. But besides that, I mean, but I don't wear that. That's but I only have one football jersey that I wear. Mm. On the front, it says "Poke High." P O L K. Mm. Now a lot of probably more guys understand exactly whose jersey it is. Mm. And on the back, Bundy number thirty three. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's I actually have a football jersey. Yeah. And I, if I I've actually gone to the to the Bills bar. It's like, okay, everybody's wearing a jersey. I need to put on a jersey. Oh no, that's that's and, great. And, that's and I that's am the perfect jersey to and wear. It, and it's like everybody has Bills yeah. jerseys on and I yeah. have Al Bundy's jersey on. Right. And it looks great. And I get everybody comes up to me going, Where did you get that? That's the best. Right. Well, you know, I was a football star in high school, and when I scored four touchdowns for Pokai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, I don't have any jerseys. Uh, my uh, One of my daughters, back in the day, for, I think, a birthday present, she asked for uh, Mike Madonna stars jersey, and she still has that. And, you know, there are the store jerseys, oh. right, where yeah. you can just get something that's a basically it's a shirt. Looks kind of jersey-ish. Yeah, you get the jer- jersey-ish. Yeah. Uh, my youngest daughter, like if they had something, an event going on, and, hey, Dad, we're supposed to wear something, you know, with sports or a cap today or something, sometimes I would stop and get her. And I think I got her one of the pink Cowboys jersey shirts. Uh, this goes back a long time. I mean, she's 27 now, graduated, you know, uh, nine years ago. But, yeah, I don't myself have... I have more Dallas Stars memorabilia, wearable memorabilia than anything. I have two winter toboggan caps that I wear in the winter when it does get cold enough. <laughs> and occasionally it does. Every few years it does. 
and I and those I wear, I don't own any Cowboys memorabilia at all. Now, I did really object to the memes that were out there where it uh, showed Taylor Swift in the box saying, did they score a goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the implication is that women don't know football. Yeah. So right. We find that very sexist yes, and misogynist. I mean, she knows what she's talking about the whole time. She was screaming, go sports! And the reason we say that is because Condoleezza Rice probably knows more about football oh, than any of us all far, put together. By far. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, the, the media's fascination with stuff like that is. But it's the same thing as the royal crap. Yeah, like they're that. doing it because it gets the clicks. The media is doing it because people yeah. click on it. And so the media fascination is driven by the number of clicks. You and I just read the headlines and don't click. No, we don't. Like, I don't need to quit. Click. I, you know, I don't. It's, and I read the headlines. You know, I read the headlines just because they're there. And But just to see the hype of the headlines well, to begin with. And it's like. With, with, like Harry and Meghan. Oh. God. You know, it was. Oh. We just want to be left alone. <laughs> and this statement is brought to you by Netflix, the home of our new docuseries. You can see it. Starting June 12th, that's Netflix. Go to Netflix.com. But otherwise, we want to be left alone. You know, it's, it's like, it's like the, the supermodel Beverly Johnson, and, and uh, yeah. who's, from, who's from Buffalo. Mm. It said, well, you know, the, how, you know you, how did you ever figure out to get away from the par- paparazzi? Mm-hmm. I live in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know uh, an actor that... Won an Oscar actually eventually, but I I had talked to him before that all that all happened. But he was well known when I talked to him, and he talked about coming to Texas to go hunting, and in Hollywood he'd have to tell his friends and oh yeah agent yep. and everybody that he was visiting his mom, and he would go into the Texas Hill Country and go hunting. Uh, but he said he loved coming back to Texas because a few people would say, hey, you know, and they, you know, wave at him. But he really didn't have anything. You know, there was not there was wasn't the big hoopla, you know, surrounding the celebrity part of it. It was more more of a friendly kind of, hey, how you doing, man? Good to see you, whatever. But he, he had to keep a lot of things hidden when he went back to Hollywood. He eventually moved to Texas. And I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And there's it's funny because now there's a number of stand up comedians that do the same and they don't have to live in Chicago or New York like they did back in the day because the club circuit is different. You can live centrally located and either fly or drive and still do even as a comedian, you know, uh, if you're even if you're not at headliner status yet. You can be dispatched basically from anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's where I think, you know, the Hollywood, I was reading about the the strike coming to an end, and it said it affected, and I forget what this, it, it just seemed like such a small number of uh, Hollywood union members, SAG-AFTRA, and the writers and, and all that. And I thought, you know, that goes back to TMZ. TMZ stands for a 30-mile zone. 
it's a 30-mile zone. And it's a it's relatively a small group of people that controls all of Hollywood and, you know, controls everything, I guess, that, that we see out of Hollywood, the production and everything else. But now you're seeing that the actors, and, and I think to some extent, you know, it's been going on for a while, but the actors are really kind of taking more control over the productions. You know, you look at, at what happened with, with uh, Jim Caviezel. You know, that lightning struck not once but twice. And while Mel Gibson was attached to the Passion of the Christ, you know, this latest effort, you know, it, it took a lot of word of mouth to get it out there, the message about the content. And I think it, you know, it shows us if you do something that that is that is good, a good effort, you put a good effort into it, but it also has, you know, a solid foundation in terms of the content, then you're going to get people to watch it. I mean, YouTubers are a perfect example of that. Well, I'll tell you, I, I just wonder with the expense now with the unions and everything else, you know, and, and uh, you know, and if they the, the deal and what's going to happen uh, in in Hollywood, we've seen already so many movie productions move out of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The town next to mine, Mansfield, Texas, mm -hmm. 70 million dollar studio development. Mm -hmm. The studio welcomes everyone. Uh, they want to create drama, cop shows, romantic comedies, award shows. Yeah. Huge. I mean, and where they're building it, there's nothing. Right. It's yeah. like the outer suburbs, and they're building a massive movie studio. I think this is the new effort. I think the new effort mm -hmm. is to, listen, let's see if we can break out some, because, you know, you look at a number of, of uh, things that have happened um, with, like, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't really known. He had even written some movies that were successful, but really until Yellowstone came about, then everything just boomed. Now, he's not independent. He's attached to Paramount, and that's a massive, massive deal. But when you look at how things came together, it reeks, it, it's very similar to a uh, an independent kind of deal where it's done directly because he writes all of his own scripts. Nobody else is on those scripts and there's no variance from those scripts they don't change it only he changes it and so when you look at that kind of i guess independent attitude uh you can you can certainly see and i think probably the future of entertainment and, it, and you have to bring the youtubers into it you know you have to fold that into it what are people drawn to because really you're competing for people's attention how do they spend their time how do they spend their money and you you want their attention from anything and everything, social media, YouTube, anything else, and other forms of television and and platforms. And we'll see where this goes, but I think you're going to see probably more of these independent studios setting up all over the country. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the bottom of the hour, an audio cut that will just, uh, well, it's evidence of delusional thought mm. or just outright gaslighting and lying. So we'll mm. get to that. But then again, that's become norm these days. I'll tell you one thing. Best part about this week, well, one of the best parts about this week was yeah. when we got on the air on Monday, and I just, I just went, you know, I'd rather hear about Kaepernick than the you know than the in, in, entire Taylor Swift, you know Kelsey thing. Yeah, I mean, some with Kaepernick. Wish you could talk Kaepernick again. By Tuesday, we were talking Kaepernick. Yeah. I mean, to me, that was just the best. That was just the absolute best. This guy who was this. He is the leftist revolutionary. He is leading the leftist revolution in this country. Why? Because he has dared to challenge the NFL to kneel and disrespect the national anthem during NFL games, to lie about police departments nationwide by saying there is systemic racism, by promoting his Marxist uh, ideology he has become. He is the revolutionary. He is the person that we look up to. Rebellion, rebellion, rebellion. Communism, socialism, Marxism. And all of a sudden this, oh, calling the NFL basically masters and slaves. That the players are slaves. And this week, this dominant revolutionary is begging for a job on the practice squad from the New York Jets. It doesn't get any better than that ever. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> I just, but it is pretty fun. <laughs> I just loved it. I just absolutely loved it. Please hire me. I wish to be a slave again. I don't know how your position isn't after you say that. I will <laughs> never. Yeah. And then you you do the whole, you know, there's a rumor that several teams would like to offer me massive contracts. But no, I will sacrifice and never, ever play in the game again. Why didn't he go that direction? Because it's pretty much a given he's not going to play again. Not in the NFL. Has he gone to the CFL? Has he knocked on any doors up north? I don't know. Does CFL ever come after him? I don't know. I never heard about it. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Well, look, you know, he might want to consider it if they're cheering Nazi a Nazi in Parliament, Kaepernick might oh, be welcome perfect. in the CFL. Well, he would get a standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they? They need. Why didn't they call him? Wow. Hmm. Will Colin Kaepernick play in the CFL today? BC Lions, British Columbia Lions. Wow. All right. Uh, May. Hmm. May. All right. They may negotiate. Oh, with they them. may negotiate. Okay. Yeah.
The Bonus Show. And I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley. You know, Gary, as we wrap up the month, still hard to believe we're wrapping up September. It's Truck Driver Appreciation Month, mm-hmm. and we want to thank our drivers out there. Uh, truck Driver Appreciation should be every day, every month. Uh, for everything that they do, uh, long hours delivering America's goods, and we want to thank them. We want to say thank you to James from Tennessee. He's an owner-operator. He's been out there trucking for 38 years. Gene from Ocala, Florida, trucking for 22 years. Bill from San Antonio drives for Express Global Services. He's been trucking for eight years. Brian from Chicago, owner-operator in Chicago, and has been trucking for 25 years And hello to Tommy in Texas, who reached out to me on a couple of issues via email. He's a truck driver, and it just happens that his uncle is a longtime friend of mine and the former drummer in one of my bands. And it was really cool to talk and correspond with uh, Tommy on a number of issues. And thank you, Tommy. I greatly appreciated you listening and and also appreciate you being a driver as well. Thanks for reaching out. It was it was really great. being able to communicate with you and all the drivers out there. Uh, we hope that it shows on this program that, uh, that it's again, not just a week per year, not a month per year, but we greatly appreciate everything you do year round. Thank you so much. It's all made possible by Shell Rotella, Denny's, Mercer Transportation, Motel 6, House Products, and the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Thank you, drivers. Now, one wonders, because this story just came out, what, a day and a half after, well, you saw that the uh, the uh, the speaker in Canada quit. Yeah. Because he was right. responsible for right. getting all of Parliament to give a standing ovation to a Nazi. Mm-hmm. They honored a Nazi in the Canadian Parliament, and all of a sudden they're considering Kaepernick for football. Is there a correlation? Yeah. Colin Kaepernick might be return, uh, returning to football after seven uh a uh, seven-year hiatus as he was placed on the negotiation list of the B.C. Lions from the Canadian Football League. The Lions now have a 45-day period to negotiate a deal with him. Hmm. Kaepernick has been hopeful for a return to the NFL ever since he was released from the 49ers in 2017. So there you go. All right. Now, will he kneel and hmm. not honor the Canadian National Anthem since Parliament has honored a Nazi. Yeah. Will he go after the Mounties? Take on a a new task as a protester? He's anti-activist. An Anti-Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> I'm Colin Kaepernick. I'm anti-Dudley Do-Right. Well, we were talking about Dennis Weaver and McLeod on a horse. <laughs> the Mounties, as they're known, in Canada. I guess maybe Kaep- Kaepernick could start number one. That's horrible treatment of animals. I don't know where an activist would go. Actually, the activist may have already done that. Now I I do uh, I did go to Wikipedia to check out Dudley Do Right. I hadn't watched it since I was a kid, and uh, we do not like the stereotype of the Mounties that mm. Dudley Do Right portrayed. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dudley Do Right is a dim-witted but mm-hmm. conscientious and cheerful Canadian Mountie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's not cheerful. <laughs> Do-right is always trying to catch his nemesis. <laughs> Snidely whiplash. I forgot wow. about this. Yeah. I watch it as a kid all the time. Yeah. Oh, my. Kaepernick comes out against Dudley Do-right. If he plays for the Canadian Football League. Now, see, the thing is, most Americans don't know anything about the Canadian Football League, but I grew up on the border. When you grew up on the border, I was actually, as a kid, a fan of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Mm -hmm. Because Hamilton, not far from Buffalo at all, by the way, the crow flies. Right. Remember the first time we went to Toronto, we were kids, and we were coming back, and we begged our father. We had to go by the old Iberwind Stadium in Hamilton, where the Hamilton Tiger Cats played. Mm. That stadium's gone, and now they have a brand-new stadium. I believe it's Tim Horton Stadium. Oh, (laughs) all right. So coffee took over, but yeah, we were just, we were just, we were all impressed because all the time, I mean, it was football, you know, they started earlier, you know, and yeah. uh, CBC, right. Canadian channels were showing it all the time as kids. Mm-hmm. So that we always watched and we always watched, uh, you know, a lot of Canadian junior hockey right. that was, uh, yeah. that was played back then. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, all right. It'd be interesting to see whether they. They get them or not. It, actually, you know, sometimes when you're a, you know, remember, they only have three downs. They don't have four downs in mm-hmm. Canadian football. Mm-hmm. It's 110 yards long. Mm-hmm. Field is wider. Mm. And they only have three downs. It's first down, second down. If you don't get the first down, you punt on third down. Wow. Okay, and I still think that if you punt and they you don't they don't the opposition doesn't return it from the end zone, you get one point. So if yeah, they are, take it and take a knee in the end zone, if, yes, if, if you don't take it out, if you take a knee in the end zone, I think you get one. The other you, the, oppos- the, the punting then, team gets a point. Oh, all right. Hmm. Interesting, you know. So, so in Canadian football. Miami would have won last week, <laughs> ninety-three to twenty-four. No, yeah. right. <laughs> By the way, nobody talked about that. Was was uh, last week when Miami won seventy to twenty over Denver? Was Miami being a bully? No, for scoring seventy points. No, they made a big deal that they didn't. They could have kicked a field goal to. Yeah, score the most points ever, right. and they didn't do it. Right. So there was a lot of complimenting. Mm. It's like yeah. you're beating them seventy to twenty. Right, sportsmanship. Right. It's like what are you talking? Dolphins are in the locker room. Are they still on the field? <laughs> Why? Had to be a tough. It had to be a tough weekend for sports fans in Colorado because Deion Sanders' team got beat, mm. and they had beat bad mm-hmm. by Oregon, and then. Denver gets beat seventy to twenty. I didn't see any of that game. I didn't see any of the highlights. And, of uh, the uh, the Dolphins game, the Dolphins game. Yeah. It was like wow. Yeah, seventy to twenty. Mm-hmm. And now they face the Bills this weekend in Buffalo. So that's that's the game of the weekend. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. It's considered the game of the week. All right. Even though it's a one o'clock game, it's the one. It's like oh boy. And no. the Dolphins are favored or no? No. All right. Bills won thirty-seven to three. Okay. Well, I have a friend, a guy I graduated high school with, who's the assistant GM of the Dolphins, Marvin Allen. But he used to be the in the Bills. front office of the Bills. Yeah, I think he yeah. went from the Bills to Miami. 
I think he did too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. That'll be interesting if I'm not golfing. You got your Bills uh, yeah, shirt, Bill's shirt on. on. I got a Bill's shirt yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Not a jersey, but it's a shirt. Yeah, we're, it's a, very it's, colorful. The very Bills' nice. colors are, are actually good colors. There's some red. There's some white. There's some blue. I like those. And there's a lot more colors mm-hmm. if you're on acid, coke, pot, and alcohol. <laughs> and, and in a porta potty. In a porta potty. <laughs> you can add another color in there. Oh, my gosh. Let's hope that everyone um, partakes a, responsibly. There are people that haven't heard that story that I told this oh week, and they're gosh. like, you're lying. Said, no, no I'm it, not. it seems, I'm not, I'm you not know, lying. this will be one of those stories that 20 years from now they'll go, nah, that never happened. Yeah, come on. That and then, happen. you know, the, the couple that runs Snopes, they'll, <laughs> they'll write partially true or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a weird, weird, weird yeah. story. But all right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Uh, we've got some audio here and, and this is, we played the beginning of it yesterday, just a little bit of it because we were playing a collage of different things on the border being secure, but we didn't play the whole thing because we had just so many audio cuts we wanted to play from the debate and everything. But I want to play this in full because this is Jake Tapper with Representative Presley from mm-hmm. the squad mm-hmm. on Is the Border Secure? Mm-hmm. And uh, we may make we may make some comments or you may hear some laughter in the background mm-hmm. as this goes on because Jake Tapper just won't say, look, you're BSing, you're lying. Yeah. Uh, but that's the message he's actually putting out. Here we go. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, our, our border is secure. And we're in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, and we have to fix a broken system. Wait, and we also se- you think it is secure? You think the border is secure or it is not secure? I believe that we are in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, and there needs to be federal investment to support those migrant families. And I work with a number of those community-based organizations on the ground, and they need more support. They need more federal support. This is a humanitarian crisis, and it's the consequence of a number of longstanding uh, broken policies uh, that, um, you know, are very consequential for asylum seekers, uh, TPS holders, and DACA recipients uh, writ large. But that is a conversation for another day. Sure, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with, with you, this being a humanitarian crisis at all, but just to get some clarity on this, and, and sure, it's a conversation for another day, but are, do you think that the border is secure? I just, do, is that what you said? Yes, the border is secure, and we're in the midst of a humanitarian crisis that has been created by a broken system. And in the meantime, uh, we need federal investment to support uh, my constituents and those who call the MA7th home writ large, which is why we need to prevent a government shutdown. Um, I want to center the humanity, uh, the dignity, the safety, and the needs of everyone, which is why we should not have a government shutdown. It will be deeply consequential. It will create a dire situation for families, um, many that are already struggling. But if you have millions of undocumented migrants <laughs> coming into the country, how is the border secure? <laughs> Jake, this is not a new crisis. Um, it does require uh, more political will and, uh, and commitment 
Uh, it is a humanitarian crisis. We- and by the way, and now that she's talking, they're showing hundreds upon yeah. hundreds yeah. of people just swarming across the border. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's if you saw it. It's, so they're making the point that way. The CNN's making the point that way also. We'll let it continue here. Mm-hmm. We should treat it as such. And again, representing one of the most uh, diverse uh, constituencies in the country. And in fact, I chair the House Haiti Caucus. I represent the third largest Haitian diaspora uh, in the country. And what I see on the ground is uh, community-based organizations uh, and municipalities who, who need federal support. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, <laughs> except for the idea that the border is secure. I mean, if you have people crossing the border, it's just by definition not secure. If you have people coming to the United States, in fact, I mean, one of the arguments being made, and I think it's an argument worth considering, is that because our border is so porous, millions of people make this very unsafe journey. Millions of people give money to people who prey on them, coyotes, and take them on these journeys to cross into the United States, preying on them, vulnerable people. And that's because the border is not secure. Because it is not secure, they go on this journey. And one of the arguments that is made, and maybe you disagree with it, is that the border should be secure so as to discourage people from making this journey. Um, So that if people want to try to come to the United States and declare asylum and seek asylum, they go through the proper corridors uh, and not just try to cross illegally. But it just seems like just such a a refusal to acknowledge reality. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't need to go through all of that. No. Stop it. You're being on stop line. You know it's not secure. Here's this is yesterday. Not secure. Here's thousands of people crossing the border. Exactly. Anything you say after that I is not credible because you're absolutely gaslighting here by this lie. Right. Why can't he say that? Right. He knows it. That's what he means. Mm-hmm. That's what he's communicated. The whole message that he communicated with audio and the video he was showing when she was talking was that you're lying. Yep. Say it. It's not secure. 86690 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 86690 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, James Comer issues subpoenas for the bank records of uh, Biden's uh, of uh, Hunter and uh, James Biden, uh, Mm. the business records uh, that coming up, uh, plus uh, more of the witnesses. Yeah, Uh, we've only played one of the complete witness testimony uh, uh, yesterday or opening statement. We want to play more of uh, that uh, coming up here in a little bit. And uh, interesting. In fact, we'll hear from uh, Eileen O'Connor. Hmm. Uh, who was former uh, assistant attorney general. And uh, she has, we saw her a couple of weeks ago, I think, I forgot if it was Fox she was on or whatever, but she was really, really good. Yep, yep. But we'll get what uh, she has to say coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on West. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, more of the testimony uh, yesterday, the opening statement uh, here coming up from uh, former Assistant Attorney General Eileen O'Connor for taxes, by the way, for mm. former Assistant uh, Attorney General on taxes, worked in the tax division of the uh, the IRS. And uh, uh, here was, uh, and, and she was really there to talk about the IRS investigation portion of it and the investigation of Weiss's investigation Earlier, we had played Mr. Dubinsky, who was a forensic accountant, talking about how, you know, that the investigation should continue because in most cases, the vast majority of cases, when you see these type of bank accounts and fake LLCs, fake corporations, they are set up to hide money. Yeah. You know, illegal money. And so that's why he said the investigation should continue. And he was excellent to... uh, to uh, to listen to, but here is uh, Ms. O'Connor yesterday. Mr. Yeah. Chairman, Ranking Member, members of the committee, the chairman invited me to share my thoughts on the conduct of the tax investigation into Hunter Biden. I make my comments on my own behalf as a private citizen and not on behalf of any person with whom or group with which I might be or have been affiliated. When I learned that experienced IRS special agents had compelled to report to Congress about the obstruction of their criminal tax investigation, I felt compelled to, to share my understanding of how things are supposed to work with people who have no reason to appreciate how disturbing the whistleblower's allegations are. Without context and a frame of reference, it's difficult to know sometimes how seriously to take things. In an October 2022 meeting of the Hunter Biden prosecution team, U.S. Attorney Weiss admitted it was not his decision whether to bring charges the investigation had proven should be brought. This directly contradicted Attorney General Garland's sworn testimony six months earlier. This was the final straw. After more than three years of having his investigation stymied, but nonetheless having proven substantial criminal charges, Supervisory Special Agent Shapley realized he had to come forward. In fact, he had come forward before, internally within the IRS, using the procedures developed for that purpose. He had complained up his chain of command as early as June 2020 about the obstruction he was encountering, but there had been no response. Once Shapley had taken steps to come forward to Congress, Special Agent Joseph Ziegler did the same. It was not the whistleblower's testimony, however, but what followed that compelled me to write. My first Wall Street Journal article was called Throw Hunter Biden's Plea Deal in the Trash. Given the substance of the whistleblower's testimony, the plea deal Weiss had worked out with Biden was a miscarriage of justice. After that commentary was published, I heard from many people who were similarly appalled at the unfolding injustice. Many were knowledgeable and experienced tax professionals. 
Perhaps the most commonly commented on aspect of the handling of the Hunter Biden matter was that Weiss had permitted the statute of limitations to expire on prosecuting provable offenses. This was appalling. It is not significant that the plea agreement, excuse me, it is not insignificant that the plea agreement was announced on June 20. Let's review what came just before. On August 19, it became known that IRS employees were going to let Congress know about the obstruction they were encountering. Later, Shapley and Ziegler sat for hours of sworn and subscribed testimony with the House Ways and Means Committee staff. It was expected that the committee would make the testimony public. It did on June 22. U.S. Attorney Weiss, with his June 20 announcement of a plea deal, beat the publication of the whistleblower's testimony by the skin of his teeth. Two days. If the whistleblowers had not come forward, would Weiss have brought any charges at all? My second Wall Street Journal commentary was published on July 25. It was called, You'd Go to Prison for What Biden Did. Given what Shapley and Ziegler testified they had proven, and the charges the tax division reportedly had authorized, the plea deal represented serious injustice, not only to law enforcement, but also to people who have been caught up in this system and have suffered the consequences the law provides. I received a great deal of positive feedback on this commentary, too. People understand that for laws to be respected, they must be enforced. The nature of any investigation is the following of leads. That didn't happen here. This team was not permitted to search the guest house of Joe Biden's Delaware mansion and Hunter Biden's storage facility in Virginia, to interview family members and business associates, to examine Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. By November 2019, the FBI had confirmed the devices were Hunter's and the contents were authentic. But the Hunter Biden investigation must not be viewed in isolation, rather as part of a broad landscape of corruption. Don't forget that a full year after that, in October 2020, FBI officials were telling Twitter that the laptop was Russian disinformation. The whistleblowers tell us that the tax investigation of Hunter Biden was an offshoot of an investigation already underway into an online pornography platform. That is how investigations develop. Agents follow wherever the leads take them, and when they take them in the direction of a new investigation, they open one. Question. If U.S. Attorney Weiss had been in charge of that pornography investigation, would he have blocked the investigation into Hunter Biden's tax crimes? I thank the committee. There you go, laying it out. And, well, and- and and that's the that's the part of the obstruction from the Department of Justice. That's that portion uh, uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, you know, the Democrats aren't going to get away with the whole he just loves his son thing. Well, we we've really covered that, haven't we? I think so. <laughs> and but when you hear witnesses, when you see evidence, it's going to be clear to the American people. By the way, this was just day one. And there's no telling where this thing goes. But the subpoenas that went out for bank records yesterday, that's a huge deal. Because it's it's well known. And anything like this, the flow of money tells the story. We've been saying it since the beginning. And there's no way around that. And the media, the mainstream media, they can ignore this only for so long. 
Because once the proof is out there, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't need to go on to a an impeachment. The political will is already cl- uh, crumbling, and they state other reasons on the left for not wanting Joe Biden to run in 2024, but they're very clear about it. They don't want him to run. Now imagine having everything lined out with bank records and everything else to the point it's undeniable. And I think for those on the left that don't want Joe Biden to run, they're looking at the clock and they're saying to themselves, look, October is going to be everything for us because whoever it's going to be is going to need a full year, even someone known like a Gavin Newsom is going to need a full year at least to get this campaign off the ground and really hit the you know hit the ground running on fundraisers and everything everything else it takes to make it to the White House. But you've got to go from where we are now to Biden announcing he's not running and Kamala Harris announcing she's not running either for all of that to even begin. November 1st. And I don't know. I don't know where it goes. Maybe everything just stays the same and he's the nominee. We'll get to that more than just a moment because there's an article written on that yesterday. But Mm. as we have said, the problem that Democrats have is just look at some of the polls out. 61% of Americans say Joe Biden was involved in his family's business deals Mm -hmm. with China and Ukraine. Right. That's a September CNN poll. Right. Yeah. 51% of another poll, the Yahoo YouGov poll, believe Joe Biden committed a crime with Hunter Biden. Hmm. Uh, that's 51% of voters. 66% of voters in another poll, the Harvard uh, Harris X poll, uh, say Joe Biden discussed business with his son. We know that. We know that now. We know that that was a lie when Joe Biden said that. Mm-hmm. And 62% of voters contend that Joe Biden participated in his family's business deals according to a Harvard cap Harris poll that was from February of this year. So the fact is what Republicans are doing here. And I know that, and we had talked about this to start the show and we expected this Democrats coming out saying even Jonathan Turley said, uh, there's not enough evidence to impeach. Well, nobody has said there is Mm -hmm. on this particular issue. We're not at that point yet. Republicans have been very clear saying this is, Gathering facts on all of this, as we have stated, we know the goalposts that the Democrats have moved and how far they have moved those goalposts. Now the Democrats' position is they won't say it this way, but this is where they back themselves into is that the entire family is corrupt except Joe Biden. Right. That's where they are right now, that Hunter Biden... Nobody's saying he didn't commit all these crimes, you know, do these illegal things. Right, nobody right. nobody is saying, you, you notice that, did, did you hear anybody complain from Democrats when the judge said, sorry, you're not going to get this, and then the Department of Justice came back to go with him after him with the gun crime? And the other portions are still open on it. You see anybody go crazy that they didn't let Hunter Biden off the hook? I didn't see anybody in Congress no. do that. No. Nobody did. No. Because they said, okay, it's time to throw Hunter Biden under the bus because we need to do anything to protect uh, his uh, his father. But what the Democrats' position, their fallback position is now, 
is the criminal is Hunter Biden and maybe everybody else in the family who took money from Hunter Biden and didn't report it on their taxes. Right. That's where you are. That's where you are right now, that the entire Biden family was corrupt and used Joe Biden, but only uh, as an imaginary. Yeah. Yeah. Only imaginary. They sold that Hunter Biden sold and his brothers, whatever, uh, Joe Biden's brothers, sold to all these foreign entities that they could get Joe Biden to do what they wanted. But they really didn't. But they sold it to all these people over a period of 10 years, never produced anything, you know, for these corrupt individuals worldwide and then distributed all. All the money throughout the entire Biden family without the knowledge of Joe Biden. Yeah. That's where they are. That's the starting point of defense for the Democrats. Anybody think that that's a solid place to be to start with your defense when the impeachment inquiry, you know, begins or began yesterday? Because that's where they are. Yep. And And that's the problem that they have well and they can't keep repeating this same weak point i mean the love thing yeah yeah i mean they probably will but what i'm saying is it's not going to be effective in the face of such evidence the bank records will tell the story because they were back to that again yesterday yep that everything is about love mm-hmm. between a father and a son. That actually yep. what Republicans are doing here, they're taking advantage. And they're taking advantage of a father's love for yeah. his son. Right. And trying to criminalize a father's love right. for his son. Yeah. Uh, that was said precisely by uh, Democratic Representative uh, uh, Jasmine Crockett. Joe Biden has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally. Uh-huh. That is a quote yeah. from yesterday. Does anybody believe that that's true? Anyone. Does anyone believe that that's true? That it's only about love for his son. And then we have the audio here. We'll play this. Uh, this is uh, uh, a Democrat Representative Max Frost. Same thing. This entire fake impeachment inquiry isn't about the United States. It's about Hunter Biden. And the only thing the president is can be guilty of here is being a father. Now, is that true or is Representative Max Frost gaslighting, which means he's not just a liar. He's a liar that everybody recognizes is a liar. Yeah. Because it's one thing to lie and people not, not recognize it's a lie. Gaslighting means... Everybody knows your line. Right. Did he love the other family members? And what is it that you're saying he did out of love? Right. Because if he loved Hunter Biden, and that's why all this happened, Hunter, in his own words, doesn't seem to love his father, who wants half of what Hunter made, according to Hunter. So, as we asked earlier, 
is the love from Joe Biden. Are they eventually is the eventual fallback position going to be? Joe knew nothing about this, but he saw Hunter with all of this money and he realized Hunter was only going to spend the money on crack and prostitutes. And so Joe decided to take half the money in order to save it for Hunter. That way he would only have a few million. A few million for crack and prostitutes. Yeah. Is that the defense of the Democrats? Because we're trying to figure out where you're going with this. It's only a father's love still have that's enough. being judged by Republicans. Still have enough, but not too much. 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA safety, compliance, and enforcement program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally. There you go. Uh-huh. Uh, that's uh, Representative uh, uh, Jasmine Crockett uh, from yesterday. Is that true? And if that's true, then how are Republicans trying to take the love of a father for his son? How are they precisely trying to criminalize that? Yeah. Do you think that any Democrats can answer the questions? You know, instead of just glossing over it and just saying, what stupid arguments, call him on it. Right. Tear it apart. Yeah, what are you saying he's done for yeah. his son out of love? Right. Because, if, as we had stated earlier, if love for his son meant, well, I'm taking him to uh, rehab, fine. Yeah. Or are you trying to say, because I think it's a point that they may, look, they have, they have, gone into the corner and backed off and moved the goalposts into positions that are just ridiculous. So is the next one going to be, well, look, he loved his son so much that he knew he had too much money that he was gathering. And Joe only took half of what Biden had so he wouldn't smoke it. Right. And get more prostitutes. Right. He was only trying to help. Right.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is right. Uh, he is. <laughs> we are Red Eye Radio. <laughs> he is, too. He over there is, Sarah. I, I can be sometimes. <laughs> I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today and our Red Eye Radio app and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Hmm. All right. NBC did a poll on a, where, where Americans stand. You ready for this? All right. Some make perfect sense. Some are like, whoa. And then some you go, whoa. Oh, no, I understand. And here we go. Okay. When it comes to each of the following, which party do you think would do a better job? All right. Okay. On dealing with border security, 20% of registered voters think the Democrats would, 50% the Republicans. On dealing with crime, 20% believe that the Democrats would, 46% Republicans. The rest, as you know, are, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the economy, 28% say Democrats, 49% Republicans. Immigration. Now, I don't know why they differ from that with from border, but immigration, 27% Democrats, 46% Republican. Hmm. Protecting our constitutional rights. 35% believe the Democrats would. 43% believe Republicans would. Protecting democracy. Which party would do a better job protecting democracy? And we say this with the constant pounding over the last five years from the Democrats that has not been matched by the pounding from Republicans at all. Right? When it comes to saving democracy. Republicans lead in protecting democracy 37 to 36. Hmm. Now, here's some of the things, except as you explained to me when we talked about this earlier, you said, well, Gary, it's all about money. Dealing with education. Think about this. With so many of the schools in the inner city failing, what the Democrats did during COVID Uh to all the schools. Right. That was the Democrat union. And girls sports. Girls sports, everything else. Yep. Still, yep. 40% believe that the Democrats would do a better job on education, mm-hmm. 30% Republicans. Dealing with coronavirus, where we know that it is the left, and we know the states that were all shut down the most were Democrat states, where the Democrats that live in those states believe it was wrong. Mm -hmm. On a national level, 37% believe that the Democrats would do a better job handling coronavirus, 26% Republicans. Abortion, of course, Democrats have the lead on that, as we knew they would. Sure. And health care, Democrats have the lead also on health care. Also about money. Also about money, yes. 
we're afraid that the Republicans would want to, you know, if you come in and, and you talk about uh, public education, the Republicans would want to take money out of public schools. They would want to take money out of the health care system. We know Democrats are willing to spend, so we favor Democrats on those issues. That's all about money. Abortion, that's clear. All right, on education, because mm-hmm. you say taking money out. And mm-hmm. I understand that point because it's like take money. But on school choice, mm-hmm. support, and this is uh, real clear opinion research, mm-hmm. uh, 100,000 or 100,000, 1,000 registered voters in June of this year. The concept of school choice enjoys overwhelming support, 71 yeah. to 13. Yeah. Yep. We've seen it. So Democrats support for school choice, 66%, mm-hmm. up seven points. Republican support, 80%, independent support, 69%. Race and ethnicity on education. Yeah. Hispanics, 71% support school choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, white, 71% support school choice. Blacks, 73%. More blacks support school choice, where 90% of blacks still vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. That the Democratic Party is completely against yep. school choice. Right, seventy-three percent of Democrats support it. Asian seventy percent. Mm-hmm. How oh, yeah. in the how in the world do Democrats win? That the public says they'll do a better job in education when the number one issue, when you think about it, right now for school choice, there's three things. There's there excuse me. There's three things on school, not school choice. Three things on school: school choice, critical race theory, mm-hmm. transgender movement. Mm-hmm. All polling. If you take all the polls of all those, landslide numbers for Republicans on it. Yet you take all the major issues in education. You take the issues on education, and the vast majority of people including the one thing that Democrats are against the most, Mm -hmm. which is school choice and the rank and file, the voting Democrat and minorities Democrats even support it more than many Republicans. Mm -hmm. And boom. And, of course, you get out of grade school and then you get into the college loan thing. Yeah, Democrats wanted to pay off my college loan. Stupid Republicans. Democrats want free college. Stupid Republicans. It's all about the money. They want the choice. But what does the choice include? The choice includes vouchers. Which means... You get your own money to spend where you're where you want your kids to go. And all day long, 
the Democratic Party will fight against school choice. Yep. And politically, they still get away with it. Yeah, it's amazing. Otherwise, it would have changed a long time ago. It would have changed. It would have started to change in a big way during the Obama years. But remember, it was his DOJ that filed lawsuits. They wanted to go after states trying to do this. Yep. Remember they're in Louisiana and they mm-hmm. finally backed off they bought, because they minority parents were so furious. Right. Remember the chancellor of D.C. schools. Remember when she quit? Yeah. Because it's not about the students said, anymore. Said I had, to, I had to come to a decision whether it's about the students or whether it's about the union. Right. And we saw what the teachers union did. There's no reason to close schools during COVID. There's never a scientific nope. reason to do it. No. Ever. No. You didn't need to mask all the kids. You didn't need to close schools like they did. They completely and totally unnecessary. And who pushed that more than any other entity in the United States? And it was the teachers union Mm -hmm. to keep schools closed. Mm -hmm. Completely wrong thing to do. Have they apologized? Have they said they were wrong? Nope. They would do it again. Yep. And they had never, they never had science behind them ever. No, no science ever behind them. No. And that's where you look at COVID, where the public says, oh, we think Democrats would handle COVID better. Are you out of your minds? Yeah, right. What in the world? I mean, what world are they living in? The world where they got to stay home and get paid. Oh, okay. Again, that's where, as you said. Money. Because as we said, they got free money. Because what is school give choice? Give us free money. School choice is a voucher. Oh, you're going to give me money, so then right. I can take that money and, and decide where my kids go. Because until that changes, then, okay, we're talking about public schools, and that's still about money. Stupid Republicans. And over and over again, this is why. Look, we're over $33 trillion in debt now. Ah, it's no big deal. You and I were having the discussion and, you know, about, you know, where, uh, you know, if, if Trump does get into office, you know, what's the situation going to be that nothing's really going to get accomplished because there'll right. be, there'll be uh, you know, the reality of it is. It'll just be a, a, you know, a nightmare. And I said, well, you know, we look at the Republicans and where the Republicans haven't done well in selling things that we believe are easy to sell. And I looked at you and said, I really don't have confidence in the Republican Party. I said, I hate to say it, but my only confidence I have is that reality is now hit the abstract concept that we can spend all this money. And when you see, for example, that, you know, on the insanity of the grid that mm-hmm. you, and and the the and, and of energy, you see that Great Britain's changing. There is being forced to change. Mm-hmm. That Europe is being forced to completely back off the climate change stuff, and the United States hasn't. At one point, they'll have to. You know, it's when we talk about the uh, you know electric vehicles this week, which we had some pretty heated conversations, which mm-hmm. is okay. Uh, you know, uh, on it, but the goals that they wish to reach are not going to happen. No. The government is going to have to back off their mandates on electric vehicles. We can't get there. The government's going to have to back off and allow coal gener- excuse me, uh, natural gas generated plants, maybe even some coal plants out there if they're not going to do nuclear. Mm-hmm. They have to do it because the public isn't going to stand for, you know, as as we were reading, who, who, who wrote that article that we were reading a couple of weeks ago? Well, maybe, 
that uh, that uh, maybe people are going to have to realize that under the new grid, you may have to have your power off for a couple of hours a yeah, day. Right. In the afternoon, and, you could just take a break from using power. Right. You take a siesta where you don't use power yeah. because we used to we shouldn't have the expectation that we should have power 24 yeah, people 7 didn't 365 have that 100 years ago so let's right. create these tremendous hardships and dangers right as they talk about the fact that we need to get in and use the new technology of the future yeah. which the new technology of the future means we have to turn off our power right and we it can't be consistent 24 7 365 right i mean the idiocy that we're dealing with and the justification of it at times is absolutely mind-boggling but that's where i see that's where i see the i won't say hope because that's not hope because there'll be a lot i don't i'm not i don't hope for our society to hurt but that's what it's going to take because you know you and i were talking about that whether you know whoever gets into office the next time democrat or republican will will the fed try to go attempt to get back to zero interest rates so we can borrow more money. I don't know how you do it, but you have right now, you know, we talked about Josh Hawley talking about, you know, the protectionist policies that that uh, that that he believes in. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the growing populism of the Republican Party. Neither is right. Mm-hmm. Neither is the way the economy should be going. The Marxism of the of 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 the the, the Democrats or the populism uh, you know, which is controlling the economy in a different way. And, you know, we had that, you know, way back when. Thank goodness Trump never went through with what he said he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But you got Josh Hawley and you got former President Trump out there talking absolutely protectionist. The government and the central planners know how to run things. Mm-hmm. And these people are viewed as conservative. And on those issues, you know, Trump eventually didn't go that way when he became president. Mm-hmm. But he's talking the same way again today. Right. Except for he didn't say it. The one thing he didn't say it on is the auto workers. He didn't mm-hmm. say we're going to subsidize the auto workers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, but when it comes to that, he wants to have protectionism on automobiles. You want automobiles to skyrocket even further. Yeah. Do that. Say all parts must be produced in the United States and see what you get. Yeah. Nobody will be able to afford an, uh, a car. It was a National Review or Wall Street Journal that wrote the article the other day. Does either the Republican Party or the Democratic Party care about the actual cost of goods and services in an economy? Why are we leaving that out completely when everybody is we're dealing with the inflation that people feel is even a worse economy than a recession because you're working and can't keep up? Well, both parties are arguing for more government involvement. Get out of the way. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, the reason, just so if people don't know, when we were talking about Senator Josh Hawley and we said, you know, he's jumping on the protectionist bandwagon. It's because he's the one that is proposing we cap credit card rates. Right. Republicans should not be involved and no conservative should be involved in attempting to cap rates of capital. Right. No. Never. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.